Hi, welcome to the CFO Circle podcast powered by High Radius. I'm your host Madhurima Gupta. And on CFO Circle podcast which we bring to you every Thursday, we talk about the challenges that the office of the CFO face and how emerging technology can be used to solve them. Today, we are going to talk about how CFO offices can combat talent shortage and retention. And to talk about this particular topic, I have with me Chris Ortega. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the CFO Circle podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. So before we get started, I'd like to quickly tell a little bit about Chris. Uh, Chris is a financial influencer and an uh, entrepreneur, financial leader with over 10 years of experience in accounting, financial planning and analysis, corporate finance, finance management and more. He's the CEO of Fresh FPNA, a service firm that specializes in people partnership process and platform transformation for businesses and teams. He is also currently working as VP of Finance at Roundtrip. Chris is committed to aligning passion, skill, talents to help others realize and achieve greatness. So Chris, tell me a little bit more about your journey, how it has been, I mean of course, the things that I haven't mentioned. So anything that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've been in the accounting finance FP&A CFO space for uh, a pretty long time, primarily focused on high growth entrepreneurial startup, uh, basically seed startup, scale up to exit kind of companies. Um, really passionate about this topic because I think the office of the CFO really has a tremendous opportunity to really be involved in the business and really address some of the key people gaps that organizations and people were seeing. Um so really excited to talk about this topic and and really excited to share my skills passions and talents with you. Absolutely. I look forward to this discussion as much. So Chris in uh, you know post covid-19 pandemic um I mean it has been a test case that no one really wanted and for the last few years employers have grappled with shrinking talent pool with global pandemic have having you know accelerated this talent crunch um, many folds. and i don't see a relief happening anytime soon as well given you know you know covid is still not over it's still coming back there are different ways that are happening so employee retention no doubt is still a very big problem with employee turnover costing us uh, businesses about 1 trillion every year and individual replacement costs piling up every now and then um why do you think executives are climbing out of the labor deficit inflicted by the pandemic. Yeah, I think this is a really important topic and I think when you look at the office of the CFO, right, when it comes to people, we have traditionally had this mindset of, you know, we're the scorekeepers, we're the people in the corner just drill, drilling out the numbers. I think really the office of the CFO has an opportunity to really connect to the people. And not just our direct reports, not just our controllers, our accounting people, our FP&A analysts, but really be inside the business. And I think the pandemic has really uh changed this value proposition for CFOs because the business now looks towards the CFO of saying, "Hey, you were able to navigate us through a lot of complexity, a lot of risk, a lot of uncertainty inside the business which, you know, a lot of industries and organizations are continuing to see." And we did that by not just leveraging our business acumen and our US gap and our IFRS knowledge. We actually had to be business partners. We had to understand the business. We had to turn complexity into clear concise conclusions. We had to be great storytellers. So the business has seen that the office of the CFO can be outside of just the numbers and actually be inside the business. 
So I think that's a really important point is like, we have this opportunity to be proactive and we need to start uh, as the office of the CFO, starting putting our people before the profits. And um, if you talk about talent shortages, in your experience and in your peer group, what has impacted the CFOs the most and what are they struggling with? Yeah, I think it's really the key thing of, uh, and I share this a lot, is that when you look at that high potential, high talented person in the environment that they're in now, it's really just been this awakening to say, you know what, my skills, passions and talents are way more valuable. And I want to be, you know, I want to have a seat at the table. I want to make sure that I'm involved in uh, learning and development. I want to be at a company that has a social uh, uh, ESG initiative, right? Economic mm -hmm. social governance. Like they want to be involved in the community. So I think people are starting to realize is that their role, their opportunity, even with the CFO suite, is that it's more than just about churning and burning through the Excel and providing the numbers. I want to work at a company where I feel like my voice is heard, where I feel like they have an active stance in the community. And it's also a place where I feel like I can learn and develop my skills, passions, and talents. So I think that evolution, and I, I, I summarize it to say, like, it, it was always that analogy that the grass is greener on the other side, right? Well, I think if you take that further, the grass may not be greener on the other side, but at least those high performance, high potential people are not the ones cutting the grass, right? So I think that transition has really happened and people have really stood up and said, you know what? These are the things that are important to me that are important in my development that I look for in an organization. Um, and companies that have really been proactive in addressing and meeting those needs of those employees, those are the ones that are having retention and, and, and really keeping the employees engaged versus being reactive and saying, oh man, like if you're being reactive about your people and performance strategies now, you're losing the game, right? Because those high potential, high talented people, they're going to go find other places. And do you think salary plays an important role or key role or is it just stable stakes today? I think salary uh, traditionally, it always was like a differentiator, right? Like you couldn't compete, if you were a smaller company, you couldn't compete with a Microsoft or Google that are paying like three times more. And mm -hmm. that at a stage was like, I want a big logo name and I want to go chase the bigger salary. But now you're starting to see people, and this has always been like a driving point for me in my career development is I never chased money. I chased about skills and developments, challenges and opportunities you're going to help me grow. And I think that's what you're really seeing right now is like people are saying like, I don't want to go have that, you know, $150,000, $200,000 job where I'm just doing like A, B and C every day for the next 40 years. I want to have the ability to, to work with different business partners. I want to develop new skills. I want to have a seat at the table. I want to be involved in decision making. So I think salary is a major component of it, but it's not the deciding factor that it used to be, right? Skills, passions, and talents, developing your experiences, have an opportunity to make an impact. I think those are being way more valuable than saying I can go have a six figure salary, but not be fulfilled in my role. And when it comes to CFO's office, what according to you is the leading reason for attrition? I think to me, the office of the CFOs and CFOs are faced with this is that traditional mindset, right? That traditional value proposition, right? Is I talked a little bit about this earlier. The biggest gap that CFOs are having is like, they're not connecting that people impact 
to the, the, you know, the profits and not just the profits of the organization, but the profits of your team, right? Like the value proposition of the CFO now is to be more modernized. We have to be technology evangelists. We have to be great communicators. We have to uh, speak the business's language. We have to uh, leverage automation to streamline our processes. We have to be, uh, you know, great business partners. So like the, the measuring stick of what the CFO to the business is being compared against, CFOs are still operating in this traditional, hey, we have to have our annual review process and we can't give you this promotion because it's outside of our annual review process. Like a lot of these, um, you know, traditional people performance management strategies that were back when cars were assembled and you know like this traditional mindset it's not equivalent to what the talent of people are looking for today so i think that adoption and that ability to say hey guys we need to take a step back and say we need to evaluate our people strategies we need to evaluate our processes we need to evaluate our partnership we need to value or reevaluate our platform adoption in terms of tool and technologies we need to reevaluate our performance strategies. Ultimately, we need to evaluate the profit optimization we're seeing in the business, which to me, those are those six P's that I think is critical to any business or financial transformation. And that that is like the first step is I think CFOs listening to this and VPs and all leaders in your finance organization, you need to take a hard reality. What is the current state around all of those pillars? Once you come to that hard reality, now you can have a plan to say in the next six, eight, 12 months, here's how we want to improve our uh, people strategies. Here's how we want to improve our process strategies. Now you provide a baseline. I think that is the fundamental gap that CFOs are missing. Those legacy, traditional, historical uh, kind of strategies and tactics that you were implementing, that's not going to fly in the future. I do agree with that. And uh, in order to prevent resignations within their team, I think, and ensuring that job satisfaction, as in their teams have job satisfaction, I think um, the tasks that are monotonous and time consuming, those should be automated. Would you agree? Oh my goodness. Like, listen, let me have a hard reality with everybody. Let's have a heart to heart with those CFOs, those VPs of finance and finance leaders. If you've got that high potential, high performing person, living and breathing in an Excel document for 75% of their time, listen, they're already looking for a job. They probably got two or three offers already, right? We have to look at that shift, right? The low value activities of data analysis, data mining, updating Excel files, uh, this very, very time consensitive, like very high frequency, you don't want your talented resources on that, right? automation rpa ro uh, ro uh robotic process automate robust process automation artificial intelligence and machine learning these are tools and technologies that you want to have focused on that to put your high potential person in the value added activity collaboration communication connection and building a community of business partnership between the office of the cfo and the business that's where you want to spend that time, energy, and effort. And that's more strategically focused, right? But that's also, you know, challenging those CFOs and those VPs of finance and those finance leaders to say, there's a whole nother measuring stick of complexity and competencies that you need to look for, right? 
One of those being an example, the art of storytelling is by far one of the most important core competencies of the office of the CFO. I would take that competency. If you say, Chris, do you want somebody that knows US GAAP and IFRS and can speak the new ASC 606 language? Or do you want a great storyteller? I'm gonna choose the great storyteller, right? Because tools and technologies can give me my ASC 606 and my process optimization. I'm gonna want somebody that can take this AASO6, this process complexity and communicate it and tell a story to a business partner. So I think that's a that's so important around automation. You've gotta put your people in the high value activities, get them out of the manual, routine, low value, uh, labor intensive manual processes. Absolutely. And on that note, you know, I would probably want to talk about why CFOs should invest in digital solutions. And I think uh, today, given that um, all the companies are switching to hybrid work models and in light of labor shortages and future disruptions that are possible, um, I mean, would you say that it is really very important for CFOs to look at investment in digital solutions as an investment and not an expense? 100%. The office of the C, and this is getting back to, I think, I think a traditional mindset, right, is risk and compliance, right? That's an important role of the office of the CFO. And typically, like, we're, we are as the office of the CFO, historically, we've been technology laggers. Meaning, you know, for example, when you look at marketing and sales groups, they're more like technology adopters. They're like early adopters of new technologies, right? So they're a lot earlier in the technology curve, which speeds up their processes. We, as the office of the CFO, have been technology laggards, meaning that we're looking at it to say, we wanna make sure that a, a technology has reached scale and how do you, uh, a, a typical phrase I always get from a lot of CFOs is like, how do you audit a machine learning algorithm? You should be thinking about how you audit an, an algorithm, right? You should be thinking about how is this machine learning technology going to standardize and streamline and automate our processes. That way I can take my finite resources and have them redeployed in high value activities. So 100%, we need to move from technology laggers to technology adopters. And I'm not, you know, I'm not venturing off to say we need to move off to be the early adopters and be the guinea pigs around things, but tools and technology are, that's how we scale, right? We're not looked at, we're looked at as a cost center inside the organization and we're meant to serve the business, right? When sales are gangbusters and sales are growing 89%, they typically, sales have the opportunity to go hire more salespeople. When sales are growing 80, 90% in the finance organization, that's not our green light to go hire people. And also I think it brings up a, tra a traditional fallacy a lot of CFOs have. Traditionally CFOs say there's a business problem go hire people to go solve that business problem. Get rid of that mindset. Don't hire people to solve basic business problems. Leverage tools and technology to solve 70, you know, 60 to 90% of that process, then have your people. That to me is, I think, a, a traditional mindset that needs to be eliminated. We need to be technology adopters and, tech, and technology enthusiasts not laggers and, and uh, technology critical people. And that gets me to my next question, which is on, um, you know, how adoption of new technology can help a CFO's office enrich its B2B workforce. 
uh, you know, from the standpoint of reskilling and upskilling. What is your opinion on that? So I think like when you're upskilling and scaling with technology, it's a great opportunity to really understand the current state of your processes right now, right? Like I get back to that example of doing that current state assessment of like a contract management process. Think about a contract management process that a CFO is, you know, involved in, right? That's that has uh, customer impacts, that has financial impacts, that has cash flow impacts. The contract management process in and of itself is probably one of the most important processes that you want to have technology, right? Because you don't want, and you want to be more proactive. So the other opportunity that technology adoption allows is more proactive communication and collaboration with business partners, right? You're able to collaborate more and you're able to be further up in the value proposition to say, hey, like this, at this point of this contract, this is where we start talking about discounting. We want tools and technology to maybe alert finance to say, hey, we gave a greater than 25% discount. Now finance knows and we could be more upstream in the process, right? Versus we get the contract now on our desk and we see a 50% discount that we gave to a customer. It's already signed with the customer. It's already been communicated. There's really nothing we can do at that point. That collaboration is too late in the process to where we have to sign up this contract that is not cash considerate for us, but it also doesn't allow the business to understand why this is a bad contract. They're going to continue to do what they need to do to close the deal, right? So that's technology adoption, being further upstream, that technology adoption, increasing the collaboration, and that also that technology adoption, a centralizing processes to where people know this is where the process could or could not break down. How can we address it? How can we partner together and be more proactive addressing it early in their process? That way it doesn't have those downstream time, energy, effort, business inefficiencies. So that to me is like the greatest opportunity that technology has to scale and upskill people. Thanks for sharing your opinion on that. Um, next up, I, I think, you know, this is the last part of this discussion that I wanted to get your opinion on. Uh, and, and that is on how CFOs turn their concerns of, let's say, staff retention or upskilling over to HR. Right? the human resources or the people's and the people and culture departments that these companies have. So what do you think? How important is it for CFOs to actually, you know, step up and probably play a vital role in developing and retaining employees? So listen, this is another piece of it. The most valuable resource in any organization is not your technology. It's not your algorithm code. It's not your proprietary uh it's not your patents the most valuable resource in any organization no matter what industry you are if you've been in an industry for two years three years 80 years 100 whatever it's your people so to me i always find it in every role that i've been a part of hr is ohr sales marketing are always my key business partners right and hr that's the people aspect and i think too many times like yes cfos i'm challenging you you have to be comfortable and excited about the warm and fuzzies of an organization, like developing a culture of learning and high performance. The CFO should be involved in that, right? Having a culture of, uh, you know, being very in tune with, with the social economic things that are going on. The CFO should be involved in that because at the end of the day, no matter what 
you're no matter what your model says, no matter what report you're driven, at the end of the day, everything that a CFO is doing from modeling, forecasting, and budgeting, there's a people human element affected by that in everything that we do, right? You go develop a revenue forecast that says you're gonna over, uh, you know, crush your margin and now you're gonna pay commissions of 40%. That has a people aspect of it. So at the end of the day, everything that we do in the office of the CFO has a human element towards it. That's why I get back to mention earlier is like, we've got to put the people focus before the profit focus. And yes, that is that may sound wild that you got a CFO talking about putting, what Chris, you're going to put people before your profits? 100% I'm challenging you to do that. So you've got to be involved in the recruiting process. I think a great example is a lot of organizations are doing state interviews, right? How are you engaging your talent to say, what keeps you here every day? Why do you like staying with our organization? What else can we do, right? A great question you can ask and say, what else can we be doing to help support our employees, right? There's a lot of, I mean, mental health is a great uh, uh, example of that right now. There's a lot of people that are, are, are going through a lot of different things right now. How can we support the business? How can we have strategies and tactics? How can we have programs? How can we make investments in JEDI, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion? And not only can we make investments in it, how can we develop a three, five, 10 year strategy that we're gonna make sure that we're uh, addressing uh, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion? These are all one of the most important aspects that should be in the CFO's mind and thinking about, right? Like if you're balancing saying, hey, do I go update this Excel model or do I go partner with HR to develop a more robust benefits package that keep and retain and tracks new talent? You got to venture over in that element, right? But again, I think like in summary, this is what the modern CFO needs to be thinking about. You need to be thinking about how your technology advantages. You need to be thinking about how you're connected to your direct people in your finance organization and indirectly in the organization. How are you driving the culture? How are you setting an example as a leader to be a, a value added business partner? This to me is the opportunity that we have. And we have a tremendous opportunity to write the legacy of what it means to be a CFO in the next five to 10 to 15 years. Thank you for sharing those insights, uh, Chris. I, I think um, a lot of uh, people will be able to start thinking their roles in a new direction, you know. Um, it's like breath of fresh air to look at how people should actually be managing talent shortages and probably even helping their existing employees build up and reskill to meet those shortages. So thank you so much for your time. And before we wrap this up, if I was to you know, ask for three tips uh, for CFO office to combat talent shortage and retention, what would those three tips be? Those three tips, the first one is get connected with your people. Find out and be a culture carrier and advocate. The second one is, is really, really take a step back and take the, the lens from the empathetic view of uh, data-driven decision-making. Be an empathetic leader, right? Listen, reflect, understand your, your people, your customers, your vendors, your suppliers. The third one, is that tool is, is that legacy aspect that I always love to have CFOs thinking about, right? We have an opportunity now post pandemic to really revolutionize what it means to be a CFO of the future, 
the value that we bring, the impact that we'll have, the influence that we're able to draw upon. Um, and just know right now you have the opportunity to write that tremendous legacy. So I think those would be the best three tips. And if you haven't already, do something fun with your team right now. Have a virtual, send them DoorDash gift cards. Uh, you know, have them go to a nice event, right? If you're if you're doing stuff, give them opportunities to go volunteer somewhere. Put the people aspect back into the business of running and being a CFO. We have to make sure we put the people first and not last in our decision-making. And we have to make sure we have that opportunity to continue to amplify the, the great opportunity we have to meet, to revolutionize what it means to be a CFO in the future. Those would be my tips and tricks. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing those. And uh, for our listeners out there, I hope that you enjoyed this discussion. Stay tuned for more sessions that we bring with experts like Chris. Yeah. And if you want to follow me, if there's any other, uh, make sure to check me out. I'm all over LinkedIn at Fresh FPNA. Check out my website, www.freshfpa.com. I'm all over LinkedIn. Happy to have any questions, comments, and uh, keep being great.